When I got out of high school, um, that's kind of when I got introduced to boys. <laughs> uh, you know, losing my dad at a young age, um, and when you grow up, you start trying to find something to fill that void. Yes. Daddy issues happen. Okay. Daddy issues happen. Because I was like, I want me a little boo thing too. Like, how can I get a boy to like me? What do mm. I need to do? What do I need to wear or whatever? And so the day my mother got married, she left for her honeymoon. I left and moved to Maryland. What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the RXS Podcast. Today, we got Neek in the building. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm honored. You, hey! You done interviewed a lot of people. I'm, <laughs> I done made it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so since you are familiar with the pod, you know what we do. Yes. So I want to start from the beginning. Okay. Where were you born? I am from a little town, New Bern, North Carolina. I'm familiar with New Bern. Yeah, <laughs> they burn leaves and they burn their trash. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> do you know how many stoplights they got? We got a few. We got a few. Uh, they coming on up in the world. You know, New Bern is a retirement town, so yeah. it's not really like we got nice water. We got nice water. We nice. want to sit by the water and see the lake a little bit, the ocean. You good. Yeah. Want to go to the beach? You got by maybe about a 25, 30-minute drive. Oh, that ain't bad. What beach? Oh, Atlantic Beach. We are close to Atlantic Beach. That's kind of good. Oh, yeah. I love going there. I'm a water person. I don't like to get in the water, but <laughs> I am a water person. I love to just sit and hear the waves and stuff. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's something I love to do. How was it growing up there? It was it was simple. Um, okay. not really complicated. I'm a church girl, born and raised. Yeah. So, um, church was kind of really everything. Everything. Um, I loved. I was the kid that would literally like fuss at my mom if we would leave the church. Like if we were running late, mom, you gotta get on time. Like that was me. Yeah, I. Loved and like, church. how old were you when you realized like I like church? I don't think there was ever a time I didn't realize I didn't like church. Like, cause I, again, um, my dad was a minister of music. My grandmother's pastor um, was a pastor. My mom, she was the choir director and singer as well. And so we were always in church. You were literally born in literally church. Literally always in church. All my family, like, and my a lot of my family go to church and a lot of my home church people, they were considered family. So. It was always, and back then, you know, back in the day, it was revivals. Revivals didn't last two or three days. We had it from Sunday evening, Friday night, and then Saturday, you may get a break, and then back in church on Sunday. So, yeah. And you enjoyed that? I loved it. So, it was no, I'm sick of church? I've never in my life said that, ever. Yo. <laughs> I, I, I got to give you some props. Because what, what? Yeah, never. I've never said, and I've heard people say that. Um, they had, you know, straight away or they just needed a break from church. Honestly, it, every time I hear it, I'm like, I cannot relate. Wow. I've never said I am sick of church. Like, I feel sick if I don't go to church. Oh, wow. If I'm well and I can't make it to church, like, that's, a, that's I, it's weird. But I, I'm I love it, though. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm just, I'll just hear Part people Part of me made me feel like it. I didn't really live life. But, <laughs> like, this is the thing. I have been, I'm so church that literally I left prom. And came, it was during my pastor's anniversary. I left prom early and came straight to church in my prom dress. You're like, I ain't missing church. I, I missed most of it. But, but you still I, had to. I came. I came right to church, right at the prom. 
my first prom I ever went to, my junior prom. Okay. I know. I, I know. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. weird. But but I <coughs> I feel you. Like my senior prom, I didn't go at all because I was playing. But okay. it wasn't at church. It was See, a concert. But listen, to me, I'm like, I don't understand the but point. But the of prom. switch is, I'm not super churchy and deep. I just love church. Oh, whoa. Okay, church. okay. <laughs> so you just love, like, the experience and I the love, culture of church. I love being with the saints. I love singing. I love good preaching. I love Bible. Yeah. I love Bible preaching. Um, I just, yeah, it's I, it's kind of like in my blood. It's embedded yeah. in me. So it's like, I just love it. Yeah. I love the experience of the black church. I really yeah. do. I just do. I love it. <laughs> so were you always singing? I have been singing according to my family since I could talk. Like, I may have been singing before I actually said words. That's crazy. Yeah, my grandmother, she said, she was like, you've been, as long as I've been talking, that's probably as long as I've been singing. Do you remember, like, the first song? What's the, <laughs> what's the first song you sang that you actually remember, and how old were you? So, I remember the first song that I sung because starting out, um, even though I d it was easy for me to do it around the house, but as I got older and people like at a young age, pe my dad really kind of noticed that I had a gift. Mm. And and I'm talking about at two and three years old. Yeah. He was like, no, she got a gift. Because I would, the way I would memorize music mm -hmm. and notes, it was just not like a regular, a kid, regular kid, like singing the ABCs and stuff. Like I know I remem remember note for note. Um, and so my first song, it's an ongoing battle. I'll tell you what I remember, but my family battles it out on it. Okay. I remember my first song being uh, Silver and Gold. Okay. Because my mom led it a lot. And my mom worked with me when I, yeah. she taught me how to sing it. However, my family, some of my family, my aunts and them, they are, they are determined to convince me and my mother that my first song was Jesus is Real. Because my father loved John P. Key. He oh, played wow. John P. Key all the time. Yeah. So it's an ongoing battle between those songs. I sung them both a lot. Now, yeah. like, as a kid growing up, I sung them both a lot. But I, for me, in my my closest memory, I always say it's silver and gold. And how old were you? I was maybe three. That's crazy. I was three. I was That's three. young, young, young. Yeah. I was three and at four... My dad, um, my late bishop at my home church, um, they had me sing on behalf of the youth department. So we're in gold. My dad played for my bishop's last anniversary, when, his 25th anniversary before he passed. Yeah. Is there a video of it this? It is. It's actually on YouTube. Oh, I gotta go see it. Gotta, it's actually on YouTube. I got to see it's it. Actually, and I'm just that little old thing with this big old dress with a big old puff on top of my head. Yeah. And I'm singing, like, lyrics. Now, I fumbled over the lyrics. And my dad was really big on lyrics. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I knew most of the lyrics. Notes. Made some of my own notes. And they went with the song. Yeah. yeah. I was, at a young age, I was really like, that's what I was doing. So, growing up, as you got older, you still wanted to continue to sing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I loved, I just loved the way it made me feel. My life as a young person growing up, even in high school or anything, I was so into music. Mm. Um, a lot of people think that I was 
you know, singing. I went doing solos and stuff like that um, coming up. But honestly and truly, my first love was choirs. If I could have been, I, I, you can tell me I wasn't going to be the next Ricky Dillard. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you you couldn't. You could not tell me I wasn't about to be the next Ricky Dillard. I love teaching. I love, oh. I love directing. Um, and I got that from watching my dad. My dad would stand up on the organ and yeah. direct and go off. I had aunts and uh, people that I would look up to that would come in and out of my church. And yeah. I'd be like... And I would just, I would just be so in a daze watching them. Like, I want to do that. Wow! I like the way they can just bring everything. They control yeah. everything. I just, I loved it. So, yes, yeah, soloist. Uh. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I, I was very much so nervous. I was shy. Okay. Like I used to. I will never forget it. It was a, um, an elder in the church, um, Elder Bernie, my aunt Benita's um, father. And he would literally, every time he preach or he'd have to, like, do a service or anything, um, he would always call me. And I'm talking about I was very little, uh, four or five, six. He would oh, he would bribe me with money. Oh, oh did it work? candy. It did. It did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> but the catch was I needed it in my hand before I did right. hey, I that in hey, my hand. <laughs> so, listen, you was about business listen, early. Listen, I need, you say you're going to get I need it before I sing. I need to make sure that you're serious about this because if I'm going to risk all of this, yeah. I need it I in need, my hand. I need it. I need yeah, that. I no. need that. Yeah, I definitely, I was I was very young doing that. He would always brought me into it. And it, to a certain extent, it kind of brought me out of my shell a little bit. Yeah. But I was more so loving the behind the scenes, the okay. directing. I love, sing, I love being a part of a choir, like singing yeah. in a choir, like it was it was great for me. <laughs> so how did you feel about like rehearsals? Oh, I love rehearsals. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> my dad would literally take me and it kind of it caused an argument with him and my mom a lot. Um my dad would take me to workshops and I'm talking about 2 3 years old. Take me to workshops, funerals, anything he had to play at. Yeah. He would take me and I would just he would sit me beside him on the organ. <sighs> And I would just watch him. My dad had his own choir, um, and he had he would bring singers together and everything. And I would literally just sit and watch him. And I would be like, even on Sunday mornings, like most kids, they children's church or they yeah, back and you're like, no, nah, I want to be out there. I'm literally sitting on the front row. Wow. And you wanted row. to. I wanted to. I wanted to. That's crazy. My mom could not understand it for the world. She was like, I don't get it, but she. It was just something that I loved. I loved sitting on the front row. I was the kid when I got my first Bible. I, it was a notebook and a Bible. Just you can tell me I was saved for real. Okay, <laughs> I was saved. I had my notebook. I was writing everything to say. I was in my Bible. You couldn't tell me. No, I was you saved. you were for real. I was, de- but again, I was never super deep or super spiritual or anything. I just loved that. Yeah. If that makes sense. So. Absolutely, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So when it came to directing, did you, once you got older, did you start directing? Yes. So I, as I grew older, um, and my pastor, my home pastor, shout out to Bishop Paulette Bryant. Shout my out. My home church, yeah. Biblical House of God. Um, I grew up, there's kind of like nothing that I didn't put my hands to in my home church. Okay. That's kind of where I get my spirit of serving. I love to serve. If I can be in the background doing something, I got you. Yeah. Um, so I had my hands in a little bit of everything. I did everything from usher, work cameras, 
uh, cleaning, working with the dancers on the praise team, junior praise That's team. That's everything. Adult That's literally praise. everything but the pastor. No. I've literally done everything but preach the word of God. <laughs> everything, everything but preach the word of God. Everything. I did everything. Um, and when I was a teenager, I was probably about 12. I want to say 11 or 12. Um, that's when I directed my first song with the youth choir. And then from there, they were just like, this girl, like, they knew I could sing. That yeah. I had been singing. But they were just like, she has a gift. Now, my mom, she was a little hesitant. Um in the beginning with me, you know, being out there because she, for her, for her good reason, she knows how engulfed I would be into yeah. it because nothing else would matter. When it came to music, I literally, nothing else mattered. School, nothing else. It was just okay. that. So, okay. So let's let's, <laughs> let's talk about it then. Okay. So, were you a terrible student? I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were like in between. Oh. So my so I'm the oldest of three. Okay. Um, me and my sister are a year apart. Um, and then my brother, he's seven years younger than me. Okay. So I would say my sister was the most book smart one. Okay. She was the A's and B's. I was the I'm gonna do what I can to get by. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm I just want to pass. Listen, I'm gonna give you this set good 70, 75, maybe, <laughs> and then we'll we're going from there. As long as I pass, I feel like you should have nothing to say to me. That's what I was that's where I was at. Uh, my mother, of course, wanted more. Um she wanted me to apply myself more, but it was it's hard to explain. I was really I was really into music. Like I would be in class writing out concert ideas, writing songs, what I would name my group if I had wow. like I really was really in to what I was doing at the time. Music literally consumed my life. I would be in school watching the clock, ready for it to end, because I knew I had to go home, change my clothes, get ready for choir rehearsal at 6.30 on Thursdays. And on Fridays, we got Friday night, so I need to go home, make sure I eat, because we got to be in church at 7.30. I was planning my days out for church while I was in school. That's how bad it was. Whoa. Meanwhile, my sister and my brother, they into sports and yeah. they ended up. The only reason people knew me in my high school, when I got to high school, only people that knew, uh, when people started knowing who I was, is one year, I think it was maybe my sophomore year, I led the gospel choir and did a victory by Ty Tribute during the Black History Program. Okay. And, and everybody was like, ah! Yeah, so that was the first time your high school knew Mm -hmm. Of your singing? <coughs> oh, yeah. I was like a, I ain't going to say I was a nerd, but I was kind of like what you would consider the lame person. Yeah. I stayed to myself. I did not bother people. I was not, um, I didn't have a whole bunch of friends. It was like four of us. Were you okay with that? Like, did you ever feel a way about that? In high school, no. Okay. In middle school, um, elementary school, maybe I was kind of, you know, like, why is it so hard for me to, you know, um, make friends or whatever? And it wasn't because I was a a mean individual or anything like that. It was just my interest and their interest wasn't the same. So I can't relate to you if you you talking to me about going out to parties and getting fake IDs and sneaking into clubs and stuff. And you're like, now I'm trying and to go to church. I'm trying to go to revival. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're on two different playing fields. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so as um, I dealt, I dealt with a lot of self-esteem issues growing up. We're dealing with that. Cause I was like, you know, I'm, and my mom was very strict. Mm -hmm. She was very much so my her and my grandma. So my father passed when I was six. Okay. And so my, his parents, because he was the only child, 
um, his parents kind of became a second set of parents for me and my sister and my brother. And so um, that was a rough stage. I was still trying to figure out who I was. Me and my dad were best friends. Um, things that I'm pretty sure a six-year-old shouldn't remember, I remember. Yeah. I remember my time and leading up to his death and watching certain things. I remember moments, and that shocks my, my grandmother to this day. Um, but I was going through my own thing, trying to figure out who I was and trying to figure out why everybody got a boyfriend and I'm over here like, um, God, I feel like I'm going through the ugly duckling stuff. Now, I did go through a very bad <laughs> ugly duckling stage. I'm not going to even hold y'all. Uh, mother had it. <laughs> it was a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was real skinny. I was I was called blow pop because I had a big head wow. and a skinny body. Yeah, so I was. That sounds like something <laughs> they would say in school. Listen, no, I was very, I'm very much so skinny, bad acne, all of that stuff. So we thank God for the glow up. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was figuring out myself during that time. Yeah. Um, and you know, people can be, they can be, uh, Cruel kids can be cool. Yes. They're a lot cooler now. Thank, I'm glad I'm not going through yes. the school time now. But um, I was still trying to figure out myself. And so that kind of made it hard as well. And my mom was very much so strict. She wasn't letting me go anywhere without knowing where I was at. She didn't believe in letting random kids spend the night at the crib. Yeah. You wasn't about to go over nobody's house that wasn't your family member. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of access to a lot of stuff outside of church. I got you. Um, because she was very much, rightfully so, her being a single parent. Absolutely. She was just very protective over who we were exposed to. And so, um, yeah, it was, it, I, I definitely was affected by it a little bit, um, but not so much to where it just, like, threw me off rail. Like, it, again, I was so focused on, like, music and stuff. Like, I wanted to be the next Kiki, Ricky yeah. Dillon, type person. So yeah. it didn't bother me that much. The people that got me got me. And so I had, um, around that time, I was made four close friends. So I'm, when did you get to the point where you said to yourself, I'm okay with being different? When I got to high school. Okay. When I got to high school, I was like, I'm, I'm, you like me, you like me, you don't, you don't. Like, that's really where I was. Freshman year in high school taught me a lot. Um, and when I gained the friends that I had, those were my friends throughout high school. Yeah. And we literally, we were there for each other, but we had the same, we were in church. Our churches were fellowshipping with each other. Yeah. We would see each other outside of church. We would sing together. We would do, so I felt like I had, I found my people. So I was good. I was very much so good. So anybody else that added to the bunch, y'all a bonus. But yeah. it, I, outside of that, I was good. When I got to high school, I was just like, I'm going to just do what I need to do to get up on out of here, do these four t years and get up out of here. Yeah. And and then I took an interest and I uh, took an interest and I was focused on at, the, at that time. I was focused on getting into culinary school because I love to cook. So okay. that kind of brought about a new focus outside of music, but mm -hmm. not too much off of music. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to have both, the best of both worlds. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, that, when I got to high school, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm good. If you like me, you like me. You don't, you don't. Yeah. I'm going to be good either way. And how old were you when you discovered that you like cooking? Oh, God. I've been cooking since I was mm, 12. That's okay. crazy. You did everything early. Yeah, because so my mom so. My mom, when she became a single parent, um, 
it was as the oldest child, you know, you yeah, kind of take on take a lot on that of responsibility. Because my mom is not foreign to hard work. My mom would hold down like three jobs at one time. Yeah. Like my, my mom is a worker. Yeah. And so I have younger siblings and stuff. So sometimes, you know, she'd start a meal, I'd finish it, she'd teach me stuff. stuff. Uh. But it was the moments with my grandmother and my nanny. Um, where they would teach me like the homemade. Oh, stuff. so you got the you got the sauce. You got yeah. the, the, the oh, good recipes. Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. God, so, they yes. blessed you with the I good stuff. I told I got the best of both worlds. So my mom is from New York. Okay. And my father is from Selma, North Carolina. Okay. And so I got the best of both. I tell everybody. I said I do pasta and pig feet. Don't yeah. Do <laughs> so I do them both. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so my I spend the time in the kitchen because if you like to eat, you are gonna be in the kitchen. Yeah. I love to eat. And yeah. so I would literally eat anything not nailed down. So I, in order for me to eat when I wanted to eat <laughs> and yeah. not wait on nobody, I would watch. I'd watch my grandmother. I'd watch my nanny and they cook and they do the homemade stuff. So you weren't cutting no corners. Yeah. So I'd watch them. And that's when I really was like, I really did cooking until this day. I am I am a lover of food and cooking. So have you ever like invited singers and stuff to your house to cook for them? Oh, God, you gonna get me in trouble because I got so many people right now ready who want need when you cooking. Need when, if y'all watching this, I promise you, sooner than later, okay, sooner than later. No, I've had I've fed teams, I've fed close friends, yeah. family. I don't know how to cook in small. Oh, you, you cook for the you cook feast. So I when I cook, like I have two daughters, but when I cook, you would think I had like a family of ten. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, it's just how we do. Like my family still does Sunday dinner, so it's just oh. a, it's just a thing that's in me. So yeah, I cook. I cook for. A lot of different people. That's dope. I love That's it. That's dope. So coming out of high school, were you already thinking about being an artist? When I got out of high school, close to my senior year, um, that's kind of when I made a decision that I do music, but I wasn't so much so focused on making it. If you, okay. If, for say, like, Absolutely. I was like, I'll do music, but I'm like... If I make it okay, if I don't, I'm all right. It's still a passion, but I'm just, at the time, I did not see myself leaving New Bern. I wanted to leave New Bern. You didn't know how. I didn't know how that was going to happen. So I was like, I'm good. Mm. I'm Either way, like, I'm satisfied singing at my church on Sunday morning, um, doing what I do. At that time, I was working heavily in a lot of departments in my church. I was helping with the adult praise team, youth praise team, adult choir, youth choir, and dancers, so I had a lot on my plate already with helping with that and assisting yeah. my mom and stuff like that, and so I was good. Yeah. Um, and I got introduced to boys. Uh oh, how old were you? Uh, uh, <laughs> so I I, <laughs> I I went through it. I ain't gonna hold you off for real. Oh. What happened? Oh, what happened? So see here, daddy issues happen. Okay. Daddy issues happen. Um, and so, you know, losing my dad at a young age, um, and when you grow up, you start trying to find something to fill that void. Yes. Um, and because my mom stayed single until I grad the year I graduated, my mom got married the year I graduated high school. Wow. And so when she got married, I was pretty much, I had been raised, grown <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I didn't really have that example of like a father figure growing up or whatever my mom and my grandparents did my raising. So, um, yeah, I started 
You know, because I was like, I want me a little boo thing too. Like, yeah. I, I, and because I wasn't, again, I wasn't super deep. I wasn't walking through the halls of high school with a Bible and my notebook. Yeah. So I wasn't super deep or anything yeah. like that. It was just um, me trying to figure out, like, okay, how can I get a boy to like me? What do mm. I need to do? Uh, to for a boy to like me or whatever. Ooh. What do I need to wear or whatever? And so I started dealing with. I had already dealt. Let me, let me make that clear. I had already been dealing with somebody okay. within my church. Okay. But we were not because our parents were cool. My uh, mom, his mom, and we were like that. We was like, this ain't gonna go nowhere. Yeah. We gonna have fun. <laughs> yeah. We gonna have a little bit of fun. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. We. I. We didn't go. We knew we weren't going anywhere. He had girlfriends and stuff. They would come to the church, and I'd be like, okay, all right. But <laughs> that was me. And so I was like, okay. So then I started. That was when I was like, okay. So when am I gonna find somebody? To do? Yeah. So, but I knew I did not want to date anybody in Newburgh. Interesting. Why I, not? Oh, I always because I'm related to half the population. Oh, facts. <laughs> you don't want to accidentally lose your cousin. None no, of that. That actually happened in my family. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I said I would never in a million years. So I knew for sure I never wanted to date anybody in New Bern. And of course, my mom was like, "You young, you ain't dating nobody. Is that you know? You in the church? You better yeah." Keep it safe. Keep yes. it cute. Yeah. So, um, but no, I drew interest, and I had a little high school somebody, a little puppy love or whatever, yeah. but really nothing. Yeah. Um, and then my junior year in high school, I started dating somebody out of Maryland. That's when Ooh. that's when MySpace was popping. Oh, okay. okay, okay. We got we got the <clears throat> yeah. we got the MySpace going. That's when MySpace was popping, and this guy, I met him on MySpace. We were talking. We realized we knew. Some people, but he was um, he was older than me, but he he was not too much older than me to where I was like, creep, you a creep. <laughs> but, um, and my mom, she was all right with it because I was old enough, so she was okay with it. So we started dating, um, and then when I graduated, after my mom, the day my mother got married, mm -hmm. um, she left for her honeymoon. I left and moved to Maryland. And left her a note. Wait, wait, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, how old are you at this point? Seventeen. I was eighteen. No, eighteen. I was okay. 18. I was eighteen years old. You you waited till she was gone. I waited till. And this is how bad it was. Yo, that's my whole wild. family was ready to wring my neck. I told nobody. I didn't even tell my sister. I left my sister. My uh, and my god sister were staying with us at the time. Yeah. I left a note for them. I left them at the house. They didn't even know I was there. I left in the middle of the night. I left. They, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> they were in the there house. were people in the house. My god with sister you. was in the house. My sister and my baby. Did you brother. sneak out the door, the window? I, did, I, I walked out. The okay, door. you walked out the front door. I walked door. out the front door. But it was growing up. So let me give backstory to okay. why. Okay. Why I left. Okay. I left because me and my mom were butting heads. Okay. We were butting heads. We did it most of my childhood. Actually, okay. Because we were so much alike. Okay. And so, you know, that's her house. Uh, and it's only so many things you can do in another woman's house. Um, and it had nothing to do with who she was marrying or anything. Like, I was okay with that. Yeah. I was fine with that. Um, but me and my mom had a very... Tough time. Tough coming up. I gave my mama... Whew, I gave her a rough time. I gave her a rough, Her and my grandparents. I, so was it because... Was it like... Was your behavior from grief, in your opinion? 
part of it. Okay. Part of it was, and another part of it was, I was trying to get, um, and I'm able to say this now because I'm old enough, and I, you know, I went through that process. Another part of that was I was trying to receive my dad's love from my mom, not understanding that my mom doesn't love that way. Oh. And you would get upset with her when she didn't I would get upset you. with her, and I would lash out and do stuff that I knew would piss her off. But I would do it because I'm like, why you just can't love me the way he did? Oh. Why you just can't show up for me or be interested in the things that I like, like I knew he would be? And it was a frustrating thing to try to maneuver through. Um, and it caused a strain on our relationship from, I would say, pre-teens up until I left. Yeah. It was it was a lot. And if you see me and my mom now, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my girl. Yeah. Now, I've that's always been my girl. She's always been... I've always... My mother is always been that she's been my rock my entire life. If yeah. I ever needed her every day she's never pushed me aside she's never casted me away anything but because of her own upbringing because of her own you know issues she had to deal with yeah um she's still working on that and i couldn't expect something from her that she had not even been delivered from yeah. or went through that healing process to be able to give that to me yeah. because in reality she didn't receive it herself yeah she didn't receive it herself, so. And that's 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 two things in your situation. Mm -hmm. Number one, you never really know how your parents were raised. Mm -hmm. That's one. And then number two, she lost her husband. And it's easy to be like, my dad is gone, and you can forget her husband is gone. So, not even with, it's that, but okay, so let me. <laughs> Let's go. Ooh, Let's go into we're, it. We're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> Let's go. You're getting some exclusive <laughs> stuff today. Good <laughs> Lord. Okay, so my father and my mother, uh, they were married. They were married. They got married. I was born in January. My parents got married in August the same year. Mm -hmm. So they were married. Um, however, their relationship was tense. Very much so tense. Um, and at the time of my father's death, my father passed away from AIDS. My dad passed away from AIDS. And um, that's why I'm a big advocate for AIDS awareness. Yeah. Um, but my dad, um, because of his infidelity, he ended up catching AIDS and he passed away. So, and not knowing that the same year my mother died, I mean, my father died, my mother's mother would die as well as her grandfather that raised her. They all died in the same year. And so my mom had a lot, not just grief, but a lot of stuff to process. And now she's left in this position where I got these two babies. Mm. I got these two babies that I'm now left here with on top of dealing with, you know, shame and all of that other stuff that I'm Because y'all in a small town, we're right? We're in a small town, and all of us are in the same, all my family and everybody, we're all, like, our fam our church is literally our family, so every, same church my dad playing at, she still had to get that, I mean, now back in the day, they would fuss and fight and then go to the church, act like nothing happened. <laughs> His clothes all out of whack, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Don't worry about it, mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> but um, at the time, when I dealt with, when I was dealing with what I was dealing with, I knew how my mom came up. I knew the extent because my mom was very transparent with us um, growing up. My mom's mother, she was raised by her grandparents because her mother was young. They were in their teens. Her mother and her father was in their teens when they um, had her. And they were bad off on drugs. And my mm. grandfather, her father, 
that he was in prison from the time she was a teenager up until a couple of years ago. Like, I think my grandfather has been out of prison maybe, maybe going on 10 years. Okay. Maybe going on 10 years, if that. And so dealing with that and being raised by your grandparents, because literally my on my mother's side, the people that should be my aunts and uh, the, my great aunts and uncles, they like my aunts and uncles. Yeah. Because she was raised with them as uh-huh. her siblings. And so she's dealing with that. She's trying to process all of that stuff on top of stuff with her husband. And now you're left as a widow, single mother, and all that stuff. So this is stuff that I knew, but because I was in my own selfish way trying to figure out, but what about me? Yeah. I wasn't able to process at the time. She's dealing with what you're dealing with, plus some. Plus some. Plus some. And then you have to bury all three of them in the same year. Within months of each other. And so I didn't realize that until I was much older. But... Mm. It was, it was, it caused a strain on our relationship. And I'll say the strain just came from not understanding. Misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah. Misunderstanding. And we, we realized that older. Now me and my mom are thick as thieves. We still butt heads sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but we're thick as thieves. Um, but yeah, growing up, that was, that was a lot to deal with. That was a lot to deal with. When did you get to the point where you were able to, first of all, before I ask you that, mm-hmm. we got to go back because okay. you gave context. Okay. So you just laid it out. Mm-hmm. Now it makes sense why you were leave in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> with just a letter. Yes. I left a letter from my mother. I made him drive past my grandmother's house. I left a letter mm-hmm. in her windshield. So wait, your boyfriend from Maryland drove, drove to New Bern. To pick you up. With my three trash bags of cloth. <laughs> you left a letter at the house. Mm-hmm. Get in the car. Tell your boyfriend. Now, take me take me around the corner. Take me, take me by my grandma's house on the way out. Because I got to leave her a letter. And I left her a letter. And, and I think I wrote my pastor a letter, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, you gone? I was gone. I stayed in Maryland for almost a year. Okay, so you know we got to talk about this. this is, <laughs> we have to talk about it. So, 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 so you get to Maryland. Mm-hmm. What you thinking is gonna be? I saw marriage with him. I did. Okay. I saw marriage with him. Um, but the reality was, we were young. Okay. We were young. We were trying to figure it out. He just knew that he wanted me because he. I would vent to him. And he had his own place. No, he was living with his mom. So you went to go live with him. And I his stayed mom. with his, and his mom agreed. I stayed in their basement. Oh my God! I stayed in their basement, and so and that's still I call her mom to this day. She calls me her daughter to this day, to this day. Um, she, I, I knew that for him, he wanted to rescue me. He felt like he needed to rescue me because oh. he knew I would vent to him mm-hmm. about my arguments with my mom. And I think what sealed the deal was, and this, this is maybe the only regret I have in my entire life. Okay. Me and my mom had a physical fight. Oh. And that's something that I never thought would have happened. Yeah. And so when we had that physical fight, that's when, and I vented to him about it. He was like, yo, you something got to give. Yeah. You got to like, you yeah. can't, y'all can't keep going like this. Yeah. And I felt so bad. I, I was upset and angry during the time, but I felt so bad afterwards because like, I really just, Fuck me and my, my mom, mom really was just swinging, like, yeah. for real. And so um, he was like, yeah, something got to give. And I was like, you know what, just come get me. 
she get married, and we set it up like I think a week before she yo, yo. wedding. So she ain't nowhere. She ain't nowhere she near didn't have a, She didn't have a clue. They took a flight to Florida that night, the night before they honeymoon. Oh. She had no idea. When I tell you, she was pissed. She was pissed. So did she call? So did you have a cell phone? I got one. I got one. So how she get in? Okay, so she okay, so me. she up, me. So she so gets she home from Florida. Me. You're in Maryland. How well, no, 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 no. Cause she, my sister snitched on me. She told me. Oh, you couldn't even. So I maybe had been. In, I maybe. I think I was still on the road. When, oh, you didn't. I didn't. Oh, get, I didn't my. even touch down in Maryland yet. My grandmother and my mother called me. So how did you had a phone? They called your phone. Mm-hmm. I had her phone, and then she eventually cut it off. Wait, wait, <laughs> me. Wait, so you stole a phone? No, it was my phone. But she, it was on it was her, her plan. plan. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. It was I'm just on making her sure, plan. I'm making sure you steal phone. No, I didn't phone. steal her phone. I didn't steal her phone. No, I have my own phone. <laughs> and she, uh, she called. She called me. Yeah. Cause my sister called her. Yeah. And was like, Nika is gone. What is going on? Nika left a letter and that. So she called me. She was like, What are you doing? Like, she went off on me, and I was like, Ma, it's just best that we just, da, da, da. I was like, give her the whole spill, crying out of front of that. I was like, it's just best that I need, I'm, I'm of age now, I need to do this, I need to do that. And, and, and so, she was like, well, you gone, I can't tell you what to do no more. Yeah. And she was like, I, she was like, you just take care of yourself or whatever. Even in that moment, even though she, I knew she was angry, she was very <sighs> angry, she still was like, you know, if you need to come home, you, you come home. Oh, that's mama. Yeah, so... Um, I was like, you know, it's just best that we just have this separate time or whatever. And so that's what we did. I stayed in Maryland for almost a year until some stuff went down. (laughs) We was just not okay. Okay. And my boyfriend at the time were not okay anymore. And so I was, I called my mama and I was like, mom, come get me. And the next day, her and my stepdad were on their way up there to get me. And they came and got me. If you can't hold your mule, <laughs> don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it now. Nah. Please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it because it feel good. Why? Because it got a big thing thing or something. That ain't, that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be For Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L period. So... Your mom comes to get you mm-hmm. the next day. She comes to get her and my stepdad, get on the road, and they come to get me and bring me back home. And then I get entangled with somebody else. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, was it how how much time between coming home and getting involved with somebody else? Maybe six months. And then I met my ex-husband. Okay, so this time we get we did get married this time. We, this time we did get married. Okay, so six months 
later. Six months later, another. No, this wasn't MySpace message. It was a Facebook message. So that you, you still, you out here in these social media streets is basically what you're saying. I promise you, it wasn't intentional. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Um, yeah, it's about six months later. So that's back in the day when Facebook first started and you created all of these extra middle names. So my name on Facebook was Shaniqua Musically Anointed Smith. Oh. And so he jumped in my DMs and was like, he liked my name. Okay. And what got me was, and it's very corny, but it's what it got, got me. Because if you can make me laugh, yeah, then you... Okay, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So he said something about how he liked my name, and then he spoke in tongues. <laughs> through the message. Through the message. <laughs> so he was a church guy, a musician, what? Musician. So that's the thing. Now, this is a, this is where the real stuff comes in. My downfall has always... I don't go seeking. I want everybody to know that. I want this on record. I don't go seeking after musicians. They, they come to you? But I've always... Anybody that I've ever actually dated has been a musician. So Marilyn was a musician? Drummers. Oh, wait. So, so wait, wait. I don't know what it is. Yo, yo, yo. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't so, know what it is. So the Maryland guy was a drummer, too? Quartet drummer. Oh, wait. This is great. <laughs> this is great. And he was the booking manager. No, he was a uh, road manager for the Seven Sons of Soul. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Whoa. Now, I will say my time in Maryland, it kind of made me dislike quartet a little bit. (laughs) Really? I'm not a quartet biggie. Okay. But Maryland, like, that's when I kind of got introduced to the whole quartet world. So it's the world that made you not like it? I didn't like every Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. It was a concert. Oh, wait, what's wrong with that? You love going to church. Quartet. But what's wrong with my thing? Oh, why not? What's wrong with it? Let's talk. (laughs) This is amazing. So it's nothing. Say anything is wrong with it, but it's just what do you dislike? Tell the truth, shame the devil. Okay, all right, yes, so tell it. I feel like for certain people, quartet songs are like more like testimony services. Okay, and you got to give your whole life story through each song. I mean, every song you got to give yes. the history, yes, the backdrop, yes, and all this up. And then to a certain extent, they start to all sound the same. Okay. I know I'm going to get a yes, sir, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's now true. Now, when they group, when they get you, get you a good one and it's grooving, I'm with you. Okay. Like, even right now, I'm in love with Lisa Knowles. Oh, Brown yeah. Singer's new album. She, yeah. I love it, yeah. but it's diverse. Everything yeah. don't sound the same. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of uh, Jarrell Smalls. Yeah. I love, now, I love me some prayer room. Yeah. But I'm, as far as like a big fan where I just got to have it, no. But then uh, the, on the flip side of that, everybody thinks I love it because I will go quartet in a song. Oh, okay. And I'm like, and the only time I do it is if the musicians take me there. Yeah. And when they take me there, I be you ready to roll to my eyes. I be like, y'all do this on purpose. Because they know you y'all can go there. Over. Yeah, so... I'm, but I've just never been a big fan. So in Mar- so you weren't even <coughs> you weren't even a part of that culture until moving to Maryland. Until moving to Maryland. And then you moved to Maryland. I moved you to like, Maryland. My boyfriend trash. at the time he was the road manager for Seven Sons of Soul. So he and he was playing drums for a quartet group. And his mother and his aunt were both in quartet groups. Oh yeah, you you in there? <laughs> so I had to be the supportive girlfriend. That's so why I was going to everybody's. I started remembering everybody's name, the group's names, <laughs> the uh, the gospel pearls, and I, it was so yes. many different names. I was like, oh my god! Yo, that's but hilarious. they were some of the sweetest people. Yes, some of the sweetest people. Yes. So 
I will say it just, it just, it made me dislike because we went to a lot. And, oh, God. But, Neek, <laughs> the funny thing about what you're saying is you went to church seven days a week and had no problem. No problem. You went to Corkett, Corkett Beef on, on Sunday. On Sunday. Because I've already, been, I've already got my church dose. You done gave me my dose. Okay? You done gave me my dose. I can go to a church service and then go to, like, a second church service. But you're telling me I got to go to two services. Not just one, because at the time I had found me a church, too. Okay. Because I, nothing wrong with his church. It just wasn't my field. Yeah. So I had found me a church to go to. Yeah. So I went to that church, and then... If they had like an afternoon service or a program, I would go to their church. Yeah. And then they sometimes they'd have a quartet concert that they had to go to. And I'm like, by that time, I ain't getting no preaching. I ain't getting no, I'm just getting straight quartet. So, but you would go to like, so what about, did you go to concerts with like choirs and stuff? Oh, yeah. So you love that. Oh, God, I'll sit in that all night. I'll sit in that all night. So what What if there's a, a lot of choirs? I will sit in that all night. But Nick, choir songs sound the same so too, mad. though. I'm so mad right now because I've missed the last few choir fests because I I literally could sit in a choir because it's my passion. Yeah. I literally, if it's now, let me let me make this clear. Good choirs. Yeah, there are bad choirs and good, good choirs. Good choirs. But that's that's, <laughs> that's good and bad everything. It is. It is because, like I said, I enjoy some quartet. Yeah. But it's just not me saying I'm a fan. Yeah. When I'm describing choirs, it's because I'm a fan You're of a choir fan. music. Yeah. And so I will literally listen to choirs. I can listen to choir albums all day. You will go get in my car and I will listen to nothing but choirs. Nothing but choirs. That's crazy. But it's my passion. Yeah, that's true. It's like I've passion. heard, I've heard a. I ain't gonna say his name because he a big one. <laughs> I've heard a lead singer of a quartet group say the same thing about choirs. Really? Like, yes, he's like, I can't. He'd be like that. Uh, uh, I can't. <laughs> but that's the thing. You could get. I feel like that with quartet because I feel like every song y'all doing the same. <laughs> and stuff. that's how, that's what he was saying. He was the like, same I, beat. <laughs> but with choirs, it's just so many. You have different tones. You have different. You have different uh, levels of vibrato with choirs yeah. and stuff. You have people that, you have choirs that uh, sound more classical. You have yeah. choirs that are more clean than others. But, just... Meek, you have... quartet is that diverse, too. Uh, it really is. Is it? I, 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 listen. <laughs> we in Rocky Mountain. So listen, I'm but listen. But listen. That you, that you know you what you're talking about. You have to trust me. Okay, I'll like, trust I, you. Like, I promise you. And the crazy thing is, the only reason I know is because... I've I'm in the middle. Okay. So I love choir music. Okay. And I love quartet music. Okay. Because and I think me being a producer, mm -hmm. like I think I'm a fan of them being totally different. I can understand that. So I can understand. I'm that. the type of person that could say all choir music sound the same. Watch this. Watch this. Follow me. All quartet music sound the same. And then I'll say, no choir music sound the same. No quartet music sounds the same. And I say that because the fundamentals of each genre mm -hmm. are consistent. So there's certain That's things true. about every choir song that, that is get. the same. Yeah, you're going to get Certain yeah. things about, but it's just like. There's certain elements of a trap song. That's a trap song. And then you kind of identify the differences maybe from the artist yeah. being slightly different. Yeah. But hip-hop artists right now will say, I love hip-hop from my day because now everything sounds the same. Oh, God. But technically, it don't all sound the same. There are elements 
depending on the frame of mind you're listening in, mm-hmm. your preference will cause you to judge it that way. Yeah. But it really is all, it's all the same and it's all different at the same time. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm just not, I'm not a huge fan. I enjoy what I enjoy. Now, yes. <clears throat> the reality is I'm a lover of all music. Yeah. I love all types of music. Yeah. Um, if I'm not in my choir zone or if I'm not studying music, you hear everything from Stevie Wonder, yeah. Anita Baker. Uh, you'll hear some MC Light. You'll hear Let's some Quinn. You'll hear like you'll hear anything everything, in my yeah. car because I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of music. Yeah. Um, but yeah. choir is your passion though. Choir is like, and, and it's like quartet is like. Is it like is quartet like under the thing or? Gonna say Cortez at the bottom of the barrel. I'm it's not even gonna okay, say that. Okay, okay, good. I, I'm, I'm proud of that. If you to... want, if you want me to be honest, if I'm very much so honest. Okay, be honest. We like honesty here. Trap gospel music is at the bottom of the barrel. Oh my god. Trap that will gospel. be at the bottom. There of the are some trap gospel songs. Why? Like, why you don't like it? I don't like it. So, are you the type of person like that feels like combining that is like blasphemy? No, or I don't you think just it's don't prefer. I don't prefer it. I just because yeah. it's for me, and this is just me. Again, it's no flight to any of it because you know certain it draws who it yeah, is to draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but for me, yeah, I'm yeah, just not. If I'm going, if I want to listen to trap, I listen to trap. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be aggressive with God like that. I mean, it's just <laughs> that's just my personal preference. I'm sorry. I don't want to be you know that aggressive with God like. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that person, yeah. but for s- people younger than me, yeah. or even some people my age, yeah. they're like, that's what, you know, If so I won't go back to listening to, yeah, that's, you know, that's real. thugging it out and yeah, this listening is, this to Jay-Z and all that stuff. This is my alternative. Got you. But because that, the Jay-Z and all that stuff wasn't my wasn't foundation, the, it wasn't me in the beginning, I'm, I can't relate. Yeah. And so if... Like, if I was, like, if none of the music that I am very much so passionate about ever exist and trap music was the only, trap gospel music was the only genre you, you, that was left, I would not be a musical person. <laughs> but, okay, now, wait wait a minute. Now, what if an artist called you and said, Nick, I have a trap gospel song that I would love to feature you on? Uh, oh, and what if this is, like, what if this is an artist... That would help with exposure for you. Would you be willing to do it? I pray like on somebody that does uh, trap gospel, but they're a fan of your music, they're a fan of your voice, and they want you to feature. I'd pray on it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. That I girl would pray on it. I'd pray on it. I pray. Because again, it's like, I gotta be, if I'm gonna be on it, I gotta be able to listen you, to you, it. You, too. you wanna like it. Yeah, I gotta like it. So um, <laughs> I'll pray on it. It's not a. That's not like no. It's not a no. It's not a no. I pray on it. I pray on it. That reminds me of when you ask your parents for something and they say, "I'll think about it." That's what you're giving right now. When I tell my kids that, they be like, "Oh, so that mean no?" I'm like, "No, that don't mean no. (laughs) That mean I think about it. If I'm gonna say no, I say no. But no, I would, I would, I would, I definitely would. I would pray about it. I wouldn't give it a flat out no. Okay, that's good. Especially if the artist reached out to me about it. Yeah, it's like I love your music. I do trap gospel. I would love to have you as a feature on the song. I'd consider. I'd, okay, I'd, I'm I'd, proud I'd, of you. I'd consider. I'm proud of you for that. I'd consider. I wouldn't That's just, good. I'd never say never. I wouldn't say no. That's but good. I'd, I'd definitely That's consider good. it. That's good. But I'm see, proud but of that's you. Something, but the crazy thing is, when I was starting on trying to do like a solo situation, yeah. 
with my ex-husband, I had one song that would have given trap gospel feels. See? And was it his idea or yours? His. But you liked it? He, he was the creative person behind it. and So I he gave like, you the energy that, like, did he, like, persuade you to like it with his energy? Yeah, did, I'd say that. Yeah, it's like. Because he's a producer, so he was just like. Okay, uh, okay, uh, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, so he gave this. So right, like, yeah, okay, cool. Right, and he was like, and he made it partial, he made partial a song of, like, about my dad. Because, oh. like, some of the lyrics were. So like, he knew I, how to get you. Yeah, because yeah, I caught. think some of the lyrics was like, I'm, I'm a seed of a. Musical genius or something like that. Oh, oh, oh! You were spitting. And so I was like, Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I can get with it because you're talking about my daddy or whatever, so <laughs> I can get with it. But no, yeah, it was that was yeah that was gonna be something that I would have came out with, but that never sort of like. Okay, okay. So now let's get to that. Okay. Six months later, you meet who becomes your husband. Yes. So he your husband and he your producer too, but y'all didn't, the, the music didn't come out and y'all didn't stay married. So the crazy thing is music was maybe the last thing on our connection list. We love music. What was the first thing? We just enjoyed each other. That's like we beautiful. Had, we had fun. Like for me, I can speak for me. For me, it was somebody that took interest in me. It was somebody yeah. that was, he had um, children at the time. He yeah. was a great father. Um, is a great father, even yeah. to our two daughters. Great father. Um, he made me laugh. Yeah. And at the time, he stood on business. He Ooh. was like, come, he was yeah. coming through, popping up at the house with flowers and stuff. I was like, well, I ain't never had this. I'm yeah. like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Um, and so, and you know, it was different. Um, and I would say, kind of, I, was, I was blinded, yeah. blinded about a lot of stuff. Um, cause we went through our issues, even through dating and all of that stuff. And I, I stuck beside him. Yeah. I, I stuck beside him and I got married. So and, wait, cause this, this is a thing that I want to talk about Okay. because I don't get a chance to talk to women often about this. Okay. Okay. Did he show you signs? Absolutely. Before y'all got married. Absolutely. That you were finna go through it. Absolutely. Why in the Sam snail? Because you're blinded by what you think is love. You blinded. I was literally, and because again, daddy issues that I had not worked through. Yeah. I was trying to fill a void. Yeah. And at the time. He so did you think he would change me? I honestly, I promise to you, right hand to God, I thought. I could change him into being a better person. And that's the worst thing you can do marrying a person is thinking that it's going to be a light switch once you marry him and they're going to be a whole new person. And that's what I thought. I thought that I was going to be, well, he keep coming back, so I'm going to, like, even the, and I mean, I had blink, like, big red it's signs. Very, it's very, a big, huge red sign. Big red signs. Do not go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> that's what I was getting. Yeah. And because I still wanted to say I had someone. And he was there. That's why I drew to it. And he was like, you know, I'm changing. And he was telling me, you know, I'm going to change. I'm going this. I'm going that. And because I believed him, I was like, okay, I'm going to give you another. Like, we were dating, and he ended up having another child with his baby mama. And I still took him back. Yeah. When I tell you my family was... Did anybody call you crazy? Everybody called me crazy. They were, they was like, you are dumb if you marry him. Like my, none of my family was okay with me marrying him. None of them. We got married 
in the rain at the Justice of Peace. I knew with the rain, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I knew it was doomed from there. You were like, God, God tried to turn you all the way up into the Listen, day. the day, and we, we were planning on having a wedding, but... We were just because of the church. Your family we won't come in, don't My mama would have came and my grandmother would have came. They would have came. They wouldn't have been happy about it. Now, my uncles and them, they've been like, nah, probably not. But, <laughs> um, no, we were planning a wedding and everything, but then the church that we were at, because we were already living together. Y'all was shacking. We were shacking. We were living together because I he convinced me to move again. I moved from home. Okay. And I ended up Was moving. he still in the state? Of yes. North Carolina? Yes. Okay. Sanford, North Carolina. Okay. No, I'm um, sorry. Aberdeen. Okay. We moved to Sanford when we were married. Okay. Um, and so we moved, uh, I moved in with him in his brother's house. Okay. And we were in a room and we stayed together. And uh, we well, we lived together in his sister's house too. Okay. We just went from bedroom to bedroom. Help yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we lived together and the church that we were going to at the time we had gotten engaged, but the church we were going to, the pastor was kind of pressuring us to like go ahead and like y'all already living together. You just need to go ahead and make it right. And, he was and like, see, that's see, okay, see. Yeah, that's and so that that be that was the so were y'all was. serving in the church? He was he was I was on the praise team and he was on he was playing drums. Okay, pastors. <laughs> okay, pastors. Yeah, listen, y'all listen. gotta stop that. Y'all, y'all gotta stop listen, that. Listen, 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 listen. Yeah. When people are in a relationship. Serving in your church, even if they shacking, the solution is not for them. Is to go not away. marriage. Mm-mm. Don't force them to do that. Don't don't force them to do that. You can give your opinion, but and even with that, stop stop being involved in all these people's personal lives like that. Like unless Gosh. they willingly go to you about stuff like that, just don't let. let like, them. cause what 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 be happening is. You are trying to preserve your image mm-hmm. and the reputation of the church without considering these two people being compatible or not. So you're about to force them into a life that can be traumatic for them just so you can make sure the people who serving at your church are living by the book. Listen. You finna test something all to pieces. But I'm questioning, I'm trying to ask a question. I'm, I'm just going to ask you, is shaking in the Bible? I don't know if shacking is in the Bible. I don't believe shacking is in the Bible. I, I don't know. I believe that is frowned upon because of the fact that you feel like you're tempting yourself. Yes, I've heard and people say, I've heard people say that if two people are in a relationship and they live together, mm-hmm. they're all, they're more than likely going to have premarital sex and that's the sin. So why not? So, so why t- even put so, yourself in But when you in say it? stuff like that, then you're telling me people, these same Christians that you trust to lead your people to work and worship, you're trying to say that they don't have self-control. Yeah. Yeah. And but, as adults, I feel like you should have some self-control. But Nick, Nick, not to mention that these same pastors and church people. That part. <laughs> but, that but, part. But, it, but, it's, but it's different because... It's not on record. Right. Like, it's right. not a... Oh, because they They live together and they not married. Yeah. Now, if you go smash somebody on the side, but you married, in people's head, it's like, okay, out of sight, out of mind. You don't see me doing that, so we ain't really got to deal with that. But we got to deal with this because y'all both serve at church every Sunday. And, and y'all can't live together without being married. I would have... I would have rather... It would make more sense for the pastor to say to you two, mm. hey... 
living together without being married is not something that I believe in and it's not something I can have at my church. So if you guys want to continue to be here, that is something you would have to consider. And that is what I would have respected more. But I feel because we love where we were at as far as serving and stuff like that. And we were committed to doing it. So... We were just like, well, okay, that's fine. Oh, we love doing this so much that we're going to trust him because he probably right. And right. we probably do need to do the right thing. And we love being and in this we church. We don't want to leave. We, wanted to, we knew we were getting married. We were engaged. But we were just like, you know, we trying to save money so we can do this and we do that. Cause okay, we okay, on our okay. Own and all of that stuff. But we just went ahead and we rushed it. And, uh, and that's the, okay. This this podcast is getting to getting to myself. <laughs> I'm about to lose my microphone because. I mean, we can't predict the future. Right. We don't know what could have happened. But it is possible that you guys' marriage could have lasted longer if y'all had time to we learn got, each other. We wouldn't have got married. Ooh. We wouldn't have got married. If we would have waited that full year when we to the date that we planned to have our wedding the following year, there wouldn't have been called off. We wouldn't have got married. Wow. I'm getting, I am. Sh- Which okay. is safer. <laughs> Listen, hello. It's safer than taking hello. each other through all that. Hello. But for me, I would say it caused me to definitely stay in a situation that I knew I wasn't called to way longer than I intended. Oh, yeah. And because it was, it was a journey. Yeah. It was definitely a journey. And again, you see the signs, but now I'm on the other side of it because I married you. And so now I don't want to give my family the satisfaction of saying, told you so. Oh. And I also don't want, because I got pregnant the night I got married. So okay. now I got now I got a baby on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want my daughter to grow up like I did with a one-parent household. Because I know I've seen the struggles of a single, yeah. single parent. I'm not trying to do that to my daughter. So now I have a point to prove. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to stick it out. Yeah. Making it. I'm forgiving. I'm doing all of this. I'm going to make it work because... Y'all ain't about to tell me that y'all was right. Mm. Y'all ain't about to do that. And I'm definitely not about to have my daughter grow up without her dad. And I'd be out here trying to figure it out on my own. No. And then two kids later, I checked the deuces. So was there a situation that made you say, I don't care what nobody going to think, this over? When I looked in the mirror, I tell anybody this, when I looked in the mirror and I could not recognize myself. I could not recognize myself. And that's when I knew I had gone I my let myself go too far with what I have ex- and what I had accepted at that time, and I was just like you know, and I had a conversation when I was like, and I, I just this is not gonna work because I saw too much of what my dad and my mom went through, and that kind of shook me to my core a little bit, and I was like, I'm not about to be doing this. Like I'm not gonna have my daughter. My daughter was one going on two at the time, and I'm pregnant with our second child. And I was like, I'm not doing this and so I knew when I was pregnant with my second daughter that I wasn't going to stay and we had that conversation but of course he did what he felt he needed to do to try and get me to stay and so I stuck around until my youngest daughter almost turned one and uh I looked in the mirror one day and I was like who are you Mm. like I've lost sight of what goals are I've lost sight of what my what my calling is because I've just put so much of myself into just trying to make this work and mm-hmm. trying to save face and trying to just put on a face for Sunday morning. And 
it ain't working for me. Mm. It's not working for me. And so, yeah, my youngest daughter was almost one. And I decided to up and leave and I moved to Charlotte. So up until that point, y'all were serving in church together still? Every church we went to, we served together. So you moved to Charlotte. So was like, y'all made the decision to divorce and then you left? Or was I it made like, the decision. He was still trying. He was, was trying. But he was still telling me he was trying. We're going to say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I had already checked out. Okay. I knew that I was going to go back. How long was there a period of time between you checking out and you dis- and you declaring this is over? I declared that it was over a week before I moved out. Okay. I packed me and my daughter's stuff up. And literally, I told him the day I decided, and literally that day up until the day I packed my stuff in um, my friend's car. He was trying. He was like, I just don't want you to do that. This boy had made a playlist with all the old school songs. I like it, everything, begging me to stay. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't. And I left. And I think at that time, he knew that I was serious. Because yeah. the stuff that he knew I probably would have softened up for, mm. it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. So it had gotten so bad that stuff that normally works didn't work anymore. I had had literally, when I check out mentally, Mm -hmm. it's a done deal. So I had, that week before, I had already checked out because I was just like, I got to get out of this before something really bad happens. happens. And I don't want that because now I have these babies. And I'm not trying to, do, as much as I don't want to be a single parent, as much as I don't want to do this on my own, I got to find a way to get out of this. Yeah. And I had to suck up my pride and everything mm-hmm. and tell my parents and tell my grandparents and all of that good stuff. And they understood. Yeah. They understood. Um, but it was it was a rough, rough season. A real rough season. So when you moved to Charlotte, was there anything there or was there anything you were looking towards in Charlotte that made Charlotte be the choice? So I went to Charlotte and then I left Charlotte and came back home. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so How long were you in Charlotte? I was in Charlotte. I moved I moved to Charlotte twice. Okay. I, so that time when I left him, I had something in place. Okay. I had something in place. I didn't have my own place. I was going to live with some friends, my kids, godparents at the time. Okay. Um, and... What I did was um, they were planting a church um, in, it was a church, a big church in Raleigh. Okay. And they were supposed to be planting a location in Charlotte. Okay. And my daughter's godfather was going to be the MD and everything. And so he wanted to bring me on as the minister of music. Okay. And so I went and that was my escape. Okay. So for me, it was just like everything lined up. Yeah. So I went and I moved to Charlotte. Stayed in their house again, stuffing trash bags. Yeah. And just loaded up me and my daughters, and we went. And I was in Charlotte for, mm, I want to say maybe six months, six six or seven months. And then I moved back home. Wow. Was there an incident that caused you to want to move back home? Um, Stuff just wasn't panning out. Okay. I, it was hard. I, at the time, I didn't have a job. Uh, I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. I did not have... Um, a vehicle for me and the girls and I'm the type of person I don't like depending on a lot of people yeah I'm a very independent person so if I got to keep asking and this and I can tell when it's kind of starting to be like a little burden or inconvenience 
I will really kind of just withdraw myself completely. Yeah. And so I had gotten to the point where it's just stuff wasn't kind of panning out the way I needed it to. Yeah. In the time frame I needed it to. Yeah. And so it just made more sense. Yeah. For me to go back home. And so I did. So when you got back home, what was your thought process? Because you just left your husband. You moved to another city. Mm -hmm. That doesn't pan out. Mm -hmm. Then you got to come back home. Like, what's your mental state and what's your emotional state coming back home? Oh, I was depressed. I was so depressed. I was so, like, the night I got home, um, I packed up and I came home that night. I came home, I cried myself to sleep. And I remember my um, my stepdad, he gets up real early to go to work. And I, had, I think I had fell asleep on the couch or something. And I laid down on that couch. I cried myself to sleep and I remember... My stepdad came when he was about to leave for work, and he just came and laid hands on my head and prayed for me mm. and left to go to work. Um, and I'll never forget that because I needed that because I was really just, I was I was depressed. I was like, I, that, that was one of the times that I just did not know yeah. what was about to happen. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm back here. And anybody that I always, like I said, I always wanted to be out of New Bern. Yeah. Love New Bern because my family's there visiting, all of that good stuff. But I just knew New Bern was not my place of residence. So once you finally start to, it seems like you have a way out mm -hmm. and then you have to come right back. Got to come right back. And again, humbling myself. Hmm. Um, and the great thing about it is I came home to love. I didn't come home to the I told you so's. I didn't come home to the... Oh, here she back again. No, literally, because I left the right way when I left to go get married or whatever. Yeah. Because I left the right way, my church, even my family, I didn't have to come back to any of that. Everybody came back with, oh, because I had two babies. Yeah. So everybody had open arms, um, loved on me and everything. And I got to work, I became a correctional officer. Let's go. And everything had me and the girls in this place. We were good. We yeah. were good. Yeah. We were really good. And then I ended up having something happen, and I ended up having to move back in with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, I think they had, like, went up on my rent or something. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm not paying the five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying the five. So um, I ended up moving back in with my mom. And um, I remember praying and telling God, like, listen, I don't know what's about to come of this, but I cannot be here much longer. Like, I was so frustrated with being in New Bern. And it wasn't because anybody was doing anything to me. It was just I knew there was more. Yeah. I knew there was more. And my best friend, Javon Goodwin, um, I was talking to him one day. And he was like, Meek, why you just don't come back to Charlotte? And I was like, I ain't got no job. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing to do. My grandmother had just signed. My grandparents had just signed over their van to be. Yeah. Because I ain't had no cars. I'm yeah. driving a minivan. Yeah. And everything. And I was like, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing yeah. there. He was like, Meek, you can come and live with me. You can bring the girls. We'll find you a job. It's easy to find a job up here. I got connects and da 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 And I was like, I don't know. This was like 2017. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, like, uproot my daughters and all of that stuff. And something in me just said, do it. Mm -hmm. Something just said, he kept on, he kept pressing me about it. And he was like, Meek, I'm telling you, that's what the Lord wants you to do. He wants you to move. And I was like, okay. And so I moved. 
Mm-hmm. I, again, trash bags and all. Yeah. I packed me and my daughters up, and we moved to Charlotte again. And me and my best friend, Devon, and my brother, Melvin, we all lived in the same house. Wow. With my two girls. Wow. And I found a job and all of that stuff. And that is when my career okay. took a, a big turn. I wasn't expecting. Okay, yeah. So... How did that turn take place? So it took place because of the church okay. that I joined. I became a member of um, my best friend's church, and which I had already been watching them. I absolutely love them. Yeah. Um, and it's my church now, um, the Life Center, yeah. um, under the direction of Bishop Brian David Moore, okay. who is Chandler Moore's father. Yes. Um, and so it started there. I joined the church. Then I want to sing. I said that from the beginning. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to receive, receive. not to not I to serve. I said it from the jump. I said I'm not trying to sing. I just want to really just sit. First Sunday I came. <laughs> the my minister of music, who is my brother now, I love him to death. Shout out to Edwin Golson. Yeah. He called come in he, in the middle of them singing, and I was like, I just told you. I was like, I don't know. I so I did know. you tell him? Like he knew. But his thing was, you know, he heard me, but he didn't hear me. Yeah, they they like, man, we forget what you say. We hear you, but we don't. We, we hear you. ain't listening to that mess. <laughs> um, and I needed it though. Yeah, really, I needed the I needed the family that I have now. I needed them there. Yeah. So, um, Sunday I joined the church. Love my church. I love my church so much. Um, but around the time I joined, they were releasing their project. The choir was releasing their choir yeah. album. Yes, which is. Insane. <laughs> yes. Shout out to my best friend produced it. God, he's amazing, by the way. Oh yeah, he's incredible. Sheesh. Um, but continue. So the, they, around the time I joined, they were about to release the choir album, and they were doing getting ready to do the release concert. Okay. And so I had already kind of been. He had me leading a couple songs in the choir or whatever. During that time, we were preparing for the album to be released. Um, the song that was going around that he was doing when we were going to travel because the choir was traveling heavily. Mm-hmm. The devotion medley mm-hmm. um, is what he would close each set out with. And because the person that's on the record wasn't traveling with us, he asked He's me singing. to do it. And so I became the He's Been Right There girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's who I became. Um, and that is the start to everything um i don't think y'all would know anique if it wasn't for that um and i i all of us say the same thing we didn't think that was going to be that yeah we just did it because we were a church choir and people you know we just out here singing for the lord hallelujah yeah but it turned into something a lot bigger that i don't think any of us were prepared for um and so during the release concert there's a video that went around um in that pink dress and from there, Pete, I got calls for me to come and sing. And then around the t- that same time, I joined um, the community choir that I'm a part of, a Christopher Irvin and Abraham's Descendants. Okay. And I started, they were releasing their record around the same time, wow. too. Wow, yeah. And so I started leading uh, uh, Now Went to Him, which is a song they use to close all their sets. Ah, uh, interesting. And so... 
I was literally traveling with two choirs at the same time. Yeah. Being, going yeah. around different places and they were both traveling heavily. Mm -hmm. And so I was going here and there and I was like, before I knew it, I was like, what is going on? Like, my videos are being shared around the world and all this stuff. And for me, it was never about that. Yeah. I was just enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, happening like yeah. my, my best friend was called all right sister viral i was like yeah. please don't call me that <laughs> yeah but it was it kind of just it took a, a drive of its own yeah and those videos started getting shopped around and people were sharing and people was like who is this girl who is this girl and i'm like it's just me just me and yeah. so yeah from that um everything just took off and i have been fortunate enough to travel around a lot of states. Yeah. Singing those yeah. songs and singing uh, different songs and being featured, being called to be features on albums and stuff. And that kind of led segue for me to join Ricky Dillard and the G. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yo, so to, first of all, for you to be a fan on such a high level... You had to be like, what? So, okay, okay. I fell to my knees. So how did it happen? Like, set, set, set it up for me so I can know what was going on. So Ricky was coming to do a concert in Greensboro. Okay. He was coming to do a concert in Greensboro. So the initial date he was doing it and we showed up, his flight got delayed four times and we ended up not singing. Okay. And so he had, they had rescheduled for it to come back. But when they were doing the event, um, my brother Anthony Sutton from Raleigh mm -hmm. and Gabe Sharp, they had hit me up. Mm -hmm. And they were like, they asked me to sing. I was like, sure, it's Ricky Dillard. Absolutely, I'm singing this choir. Right? Yeah. So I was like that. But then I believe it was Gabe that hit me up and texted me and was like, hey, we need somebody to sing either One More Chance or Victory. And they want you. Like He was like, him and Anthony want me. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I did victory that night and not thinking anything. I was just doing it. I was like, and he, Ricky embraced me on stage right before I left. He handed me the mic and was like, give me a hug. And I was like, we had never had a conversation or anything. And I was just like. <laughs> so he, so at this point, he's trusting the word of everybody around him. He, he ain't even ever heard you sing. He never heard me sing before. Ricky had, at, until that moment, Ricky had never heard me sing before. And so I just did what they asked. I did victory. And I was literally putting my stuff in my pocketbook. I put on my flats. Yeah. <laughs> put on my flats. And I had just put my scarf around my neck. And Anthony came and found me and was like, Nick, Ricky want to see you. And I was like, huh? I was like, Ricky want to see you? And I was like, okay. So in my mind... I'm thinking he's just going to be like, thank you so thank much. You for, and da, da, yeah, da, da, da. you did a great job. And I walk in, and he's like, daughter, and hugs me. And I'm like, again, I'm about in the middle. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like oh, my God. You're hugging me again. Do you know who you are? I'm, like, really overwhelmed. And so um, he was like, I absolutely love you. I love what you did. And he was like, I have no idea what you're doing. But I was talking to Anthony. He was like, I would really love it if you would consider being a part of the Atlanta chapter, the South region of New G. 
I fell to my knees. I fell to my knees. I was like, are you serious? Like, in my head, I'm holding his hand the whole time. Ask Anthony, he will tell you. I literally was holding that man's hand, and I fell to my knees. I was like, are you serious? Is this a joke? It's like, for real? And he was like, yes. He was like, this is our moment. This is our time. And I could not get it together. I went outside and called my mama. I was like, mama, mama. She was like, oh my God. She was like, wait, calm down so I got to say what you said. I called my sister, Kato. I was like, Kato. I faced up. I'm like, Kato, please. He asked me, what are you I'm telling everybody. Because I get up there. I wanted somebody to tell me, like, yeah. it was a dream. Yeah. Because anybody that knows me knows. New G. Yeah. They were at the top of my... I have been studying Ricky since Hallelujah. Yeah. Like, I love that man. So for him to ask me that was like one of the greatest moments of my life. Yeah. I could not get it together. I cried yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I cried so bad. But it was great. Um, And from the moment I joined up until this moment, it has been an incredible, That's incredible dope. experience. He has really opened a lot of doors for me mm -hmm. um, and trusted me with a lot of platforms that I did not think I was worthy of. That literally, like, for him to trust me, and I'm a new kid on the block, Yeah, I was not prepared. Like, yeah. I absolutely love that man. Yeah. And for him to open his stage and to me is... I don't think I'll ever get used to it. Mm. I don't think I'll never get used to it. I was I was nervous as all get out on that last album when I had to leave. And I was not expecting it. And it was just like, I don't think people will understand how, how much that meant to me for him to trust me. There's people that's in that choir that has been in there 20 plus years and ain't let us on. And you trust me to do this? Yeah. In, in this capacity? Yeah. Brad, I was so not prepared, but I'm grateful to God for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Grateful to God for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And in this time frame, I don't know how it lines up with time, but you end up doing your own album too, right? I just did my own album last year. Okay. I just did, I just did my first recording last year. Let it eat. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I just so, did it last year. Was it your idea? It was everybody's idea. <laughs> it's like, it's time for you to do a solo project, basically. So, really, it came from, so, I was, I've been hearing all my life that I need to put out something. My own yeah. music. I've been hearing that all my life. Yeah. I've always had, my thing with that was, I never wanted to steer away from ministry. Okay. For artistry. Okay. Because a lot of people blur those lines. Yeah. And for me, I didn't want to do that. I just want to be me. I want to yeah. be myself. I don't want nobody trying to tell me how to move, yeah. how to sing, be trying to. I don't want to do that. I want to be a robot. I want to do me. And I'm most comfortable being me, like on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So if it can't feel like that, I don't want to do it. Um. And so um, a lot of people, my fan base grew after um, I was doing Spirit and Truth for a while. Mm -hmm. And everybody that was close to me was like, Neat, you really need to put out something. You need to put something out. You need to really, your voice needs to go out there. And I was like, I pray on it. Like, that was my answer every time. Every time. <laughs> we back to the pray on Every time. You're going to get that. <laughs> I was like, I'll pray on it. We'll see what God says. We'll see what God And I went through a very, that during, 
during COVID, after COVID, was a very tough season for me. So I was just like, mm, I don't know. Um, and so I, I wasn't really pressed upon it until 2022. And God was just like, it's time. Now, mind you now, he telling me this. I'm living with my mama. Hmm. Me and my two kids sharing hmm. a bed. What you, you want me to do? Do you know how much recordings cost? Good God. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to do you want me to do a live recording? Who that costs even more sometimes. Depends on you the situation. You want to do a live recording? Because you gotta pay you gotta pay twice. You gotta pay for the recording, then you gotta pay for post production. For the post production. So you want to do what? And I'm sitting like, I'm really like, I'm at check. The check ain't even in. I'm living, I'm living penny to penny right now. Yeah. You want me to do what? But literally it was like from the moment I said yes to it, everything aligned, Mm. everything aligned. And I recorded May 20th of last year. Last year. Did my first recording. My best friend produced it. I had some amazing people apart. My best friend, Yolanda DeBerry. Everybody yeah. calls her Yoli. She was a part. Yeah. Um, Demarcus Kelly was a part. Yeah, he's my, incredible. Oh, I, I, love, I love Demarcus. Um, my brother, Melvin Crispell. He he's was a amazing. Part. I love him. Um, they were all a part, and it was a good day. Yeah. It was a, a day that I did not think I would see, but it was a good day. Yes. Um, and I had not, I did not understand how much my dad had prepared me for that moment until it got like to the week of, and I was like, he really knew. Mm. He knew. He knew, but he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knew. And so, yeah, it was, I would say that recording really happened off of the prayers of him and my godmother that passed because they were my biggest supporters. They, mm. I'm talking about as a kid. They would. They saw stuff and believed in me as a singer before I even really believed in myself. Because they knew. They were like, you're going to be different. My godmother would tell me that all the time. God rest her soul. Um, she passed when I was 14. But she was one of the ones that she would pray for me every day. Like mm. my mom, she did travel dialysis. And so I was saying with my grandmother, my, my godmother would call me every single day before I went to school. Mm. She'd call me and pray with me every single day. And she'd always end the conversation with, you're different. Mm. You're not meant to stand in, you're meant to stand out. <laughs> and you're gonna be somebody. But that starts now. She would always encourage me when it came to singing. She was my biggest cheerleader next yeah. to my mama. And so they knew. Yeah. And that was that day was just a surreal moment. Like I busted in, I'm getting ready to go out on stage in like five minutes, and I burst into it. I'm like, can somebody find my grandma, please? <laughs> I was like, can somebody find my grandma, please? They bring my grandma back. I was like, I need everybody to clear the room, cause it just it was so overwhelming. Cause yeah. I literally felt them on. They was like, you're here, just do it. And I was like, grandma, can you pray? Cause I. It don't feel right. They're not here. Oh. <laughs> I was losing it. And then my grandfather passed during COVID. And so it was just like intricate people that had a part in my life. That that helped you get that to that helped moment. helped me get there. There's like, I was like, dog, I wish they was here to see this. I wish they would be able to see that none of their prayers and stuff went in vain. I might have did a whole bunch of stuff I wasn't supposed to do and went around a little bit, but... I got here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a surreal moment, but it was a good day. Yeah. It was a good day. I was shocked. It was a packed house. 
And I was just, I was honored. And what CD did you record it in? Charlotte. Of course. I did it in Charlotte at my church. Of course. At my church. My bishop introduced me. Wow. My best friend produced it. Um, I had some amazing songwriters on there. Yeah. It was just, it was a good day. Yeah. Now, I do feel I'm going to say this because I feel like a lot of people are going to get this record just because of the musicians I had. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah it's, it's insane. <laughs> she had the squad. Oh, Nate, do you remember who it was? I had uh, my brother Trey Rafer. Yes. He uh, from Raleigh. Yes. Glenn Gibson. Yes. My brother Josh Orr. Yes. On Oregon, Glenn was on keys. Yes. Trey on bass. My uh, little brother Jew on guitar. Yeah. And my little brother PJ from uh, Charlotte on drums. Insane. So yeah, people gonna buy it just. <laughs> They just want, I, and I realized that just as long as you buy it, you know, you know, I don't matter once why you buy it, it and we're good, you know, once you buy it, we're good. But yeah, I know they're going to be wanted because they, and that did my heart good too that week that because they practiced that entire week. My thing is I want people to be able to get something from this record. I want people to be encouraged and uplifted and because me and my best friend share the same heart that week, he practiced with the band from Tuesday up until the recording. And throughout them rehearsing, it would be young cats coming in, young musicians coming in, just wanting to sit just and listen. Just to sit in and listen. Just to sit in and listen. They did my heart so good. My best friend came in and he was like, I told him they could sit because they probably ain't gonna never be able to sit under something like this again. I was like, do it. Yes. I'm okay with it because <sighs> if this can encourage them. Absolutely. Because you were that girl sitting on the organ. With your dad. I was that girl just watching. Yeah. And you don't never, you never know what. Who those watchers become. You never know. Gosh. You never know what and a conversation they may have. That personal conversation. Because I've been the fan that has been fanned out by somebody and they not be so nice. Mm-hmm. And you don't turn out the, the way I thought you was going to turn out. But then after you hear me sing, it's. Oh my God, I absolutely love it. And then I, by that time, I'm like, oh, okay. 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 But I still show love because yeah. you, know, you never know who it is that will support you, that has that million dollar check that you need signed, yes. that has that support or those connections that you never know. Yeah. And I have been blessed um, because of the Spirit and Truth platform. I've been blessed to connect with uh, some amazing individuals that have some major seeds in my life. Yeah. And that's because I always present myself as a, a kind, open individual. Yes. I'm, you, I, I can't stand nobody that's stuck up. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't stand it. And so I always, people, can I take a picture? Absolutely. Come yes. on. Let's take a picture. I was so nervous. I didn't want to. Do, Next time, come over here so you can get a hug. Come yeah. on. Because that's just me. Yeah. I'm a loving individual. And so for me to see those young cats come in that week and see them just sit and be in awe of Josh and Glenn and Trey and all of them, they, they were in amazement. It did my heart good because yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm giving y'all something that y'all need. Yes. I'm giving y'all something that y'all need. Yes. I don't have to charge y'all to come in here and watch it. It's a rehearsal. Yeah. It's fine. Come on. Oh my God. And I was glad that my best friend did that. I was like, yeah, yeah. this is what they need. So go ahead. That might have been somebody's encouragement and their push to just keep going. They, they could have been wanting to quit. Yeah. And then they sat in that rehearsal and was like, I can, I think I can do this. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So now do you have a release date? 
I do not have a release date, okay. but we are working on releasing a single very soon. Okay. We're, gonna, we're trying to release a single very soon. Listen, it costs. It, it costs. It definitely costs. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> y'all want to sow a seed? Let me know. <laughs> Facts. If they if they wanted to sow a seed, where could they sow it to? And we'll just make sure it's at the bottom of the screen. Oh yeah, y'all can sow it to um, dollar sign Neek Smith thirty. Okay. So Anytime. we're gonna make sure we have that. Y'all so, so she can get this record out. Listen. Because the kingdom need it. <laughs> we, we need it. Listen, I'm excited for the world to hear it. It's, yeah. some, it's some amazing material, and it's very personal. Yeah. It's very personal, and, and, it's, and it's good church. Yes. It's good church. Yeah. It's good church. <laughs> yeah. So from growing up in New Bern to that recording, I'm sure, like, Having those songs be personal, getting to that place, made it all worth it. It did. It made it all worth it. Even though I was still going through my own stuff, still, still, yeah. like 2023. Oh, I did a recording, but people don't know I, I was about to lose it. Mm. I, I would deem 2023 maybe one of the worst years I had. One of the worst years I had. But nobody would have known it. Hmm. I was still going to church serving. I was still singing. I was still showing up for family, people, friends. Depressed. Worn out. Drained. Sick. <laughs> but nobody would ever know. And I did that because I, I, part of me, even in those down moments, Part of me still believe it's something on the other side of this. Yes. I know I can't be going through all this hell for nothing. I know I can't. Yeah. It's something on the other side of this because you got me going through all of this. And in the same year, I've had a recording. I get licensed as a minister. And I was like, you're doing all of this great stuff. But right now, the bad is out when the good. I'm losing family members. Mm. I'm, I don't, I'm, unemplo- I lost my job a month before my recording. Roger is the way you say it. At the end of the day, I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like, in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I need to be with a group of people that I know when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that I have gifts and I need to use it and like people wish they could do what I do and I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young, I really like to speak and make people feel better in life. and. It's just something I enjoy. Hi, this is Nay, and that was Nay's Place. If you want to catch more, search Nay's Place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. I lost my job, and literally to this day, I am still not employed with a 9 to 5. But God has sustained me. Yeah. He sustained me. But nobody ever knew. Like, I literally, I struggled a lot last year, but I made a vow that this year is going to be the greatest year of my life. Yes. Greatest year of my life. I just celebrated my birthday Saturday. I just turned 33. And I literally, I woke up with the joy of the Lord. Let's go. 
I was like, and it was just my, my even my birthday. It just felt different. Yeah, I was like, I am happy. A lot of people didn't even wake up to see this day. I buried my stepbrother last year. We were the same age. Of a heart attack. Mm. How? I lost a lot in last year. And I woke up on January 20th, my birthday, with so much gratitude. Yeah. I was like, God, I thank you. Because even though I may not be exactly where I want to be, I'm in a, a much better space than I could ever be in my life and doing a lot better than some. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that. So I, it, my birthday, it felt different this year. I'm, to, I'm decreeing and declaring it every day. And it's being confirmed yes. through other people to me every single day. This will be one of the greatest years of my life. Absolutely. And I fully believe that. I can truly say that where I am now, I wasn't there six months ago. Yeah. I wasn't there a year ago. Yeah. yeah. That's progress. Yes. That's progress. And that's all God's looking for. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking mm. for progress. You got to keep going. Yeah. You got to keep moving. You got to keep pushing. Even... Through the tears yeah. and the frustration. Yeah. Be ready to wail on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to push through that. Yeah. You got to keep going. And so that's where I'm at right now. And so I can definitely look back on that day and everything that has happened prior to in my life and say, it all worked for my good. Yes. It, every single thing. And that's actually the title of one of my songs. Literally, yeah. Literally, every tear I cried, every mountain I had to climb, good and bad. It all worked for my good. Yes. It all worked for my good. And so that's what I stand on. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. For being willing to tell your story. Thank you for having me. Yes. This, I think this is the first time anybody's ever heard this story. <laughs> I, it, and it's inspiring because, for, for one, a lot of people think that mistakes... Um, how can I say it? Making mistakes means they're forfeiting their destiny. Oh, yeah. Like, God has called them to do a certain thing, but I messed up. So maybe he doesn't want to do it for me anymore. He knew you were going to mess up before you messed up. Yeah. He knew it. It's all a part of his plan. Yeah. And it's hard. It's so hard to see that when you're in, in it. it. I didn't see myself being like this when I was packing my stuff, me and my kids' stuff in garbage bags. Yeah. Leaving my, my excess. I didn't see I didn't see this. Yeah. I didn't see Ricky in yeah. this. I didn't see me traveling to different states. And I saw none of that. Yeah. And here I am with my oldest daughter about to be 12. Mm. And so much that she has been able, both of my kids have been able to see me accomplish. Yeah. And they can look back and say, yeah. My mom, she, yeah. she working. Yeah. She doing what she needs to do. And they know. Yeah. And that's all I could ever ask for. As long as my kids are good. Yeah. And they know we're good. Again, we may not have everything that we want right now, but it's coming. Yes. Absolutely. It's coming. Yeah. And when it comes, nobody be able to take the credit but God. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to because it's happening this year. 
Let's go. <laughs> I want to thank y'all for watching. This has been another episode of the RXS podcast with yeah. Neek. We out. Peace. <laughs>